Welcome to Vigorous Podcast. I got mauled in the eyeball by one of my cats, but we're still, we're still going to continue. So the show must go on. Um, today, I got Paul Barnett on the podcast. It's been a very long time since we last talked. How have you been, man? Good, man. How have you been? Good, good. Well, besides getting mauled, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if I grab for my tissue here with you know some blood stains, then you know what's going on. But uh, it's it's been good. I found the magical Incrolex. Can you believe that? The Incrolex, man. Where did you find that at? Uh, I know a guy who knows a guy. And then uh, I got four boxes. So 160 milligrams in total. That's sometimes what you have to do. That, I, I stumbled into yeah. some Sarastem. That's the way it is over here. You have to know somebody who knows somebody. Gets exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I think once you're a little bit more high profile, like your, your channel blew up since the last time we talked. And I'm just, you know, keep going up. So... People contact you and they're like, Steve, you know, I know you've been looking for this. Um, you can be in the inner circle to acquire it. And then, of course, you still have to whip out your wallet. Uh, my wallet was not happy, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, so far so good. I gained like almost 10 pounds in a week. That's wild, man. I mean, that's how I came yeah. into the Sarastem. It was somebody who knew somebody who reached out to me. Yeah. And they, usually the sources find you, right? Because they like you. And then they want you to give it a try. And then you know, might recommend it to your clients, obviously. Um, I honestly yeah. don't know how much of a difference the Pharma HGH makes. I, I, Ch Chase loves the Sarastem. I'm also not running 18 yeah. units a day. No, you, you, so you, you went up after, uh, of course, Chase, uh, Chase came out of the closet of uh, running eight IUs, basically. <laughs> so you were what, on eight IUs, like four IUs Pharma, four IUs Generics, and you just started ramping it up. So what, yeah, what has I, happened? I tried the 18 for a brief period of time to see what it was like. And two days in, I couldn't feel my hands. <laughs> so the, that wasn't happening. So I, I settled in at nine and a half. That's where I'm at right now. Or nine, that's, like right around nine. That's cute. Yeah, that's cute compared to, uh, to Chase. I, I don't know how he's doing it either. I mean, I, I went up to eight IUs and I, I started getting terrible carpal tunnel back in the day. Also, I was around 250, 260 pounds. But, um, you know, now that I know more about Tilmasartan and, you know, blood pressure management and that kind of stuff, I might be able to get away with it. But would I want to? I mean, getting this much weight on Incrolex is, I mean, it's crazy already. Um, and I'm sleepy already also. That's the problem with all these peptides. It makes you fucking sleepy. Yeah, that's the issue like with, uh, well, now I'm on contest prep. I'm a lot better. But when mm -hmm. I was eating all the carbs, running the GH, and the higher doses with the insulin, I just, I had to take a nap every day. Yeah. Get, and just falling asleep at my desk in the middle of the day. Yeah. I know. But that's and the price you for getting huge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How long did you nap? Like 20 minutes or like two fucking hours? Oh, no, 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 no. There is no such thing as a 20, like hour and a half, something like that. Yeah, that's a proper nap. Yeah, that's the GH nap right there. You get the jolt in the middle of the day. And you almost fall asleep and then it feels like you're falling off the stairs. Did you get those? Well, I'm, a, I'm a night owl. I stay up super late. So I take these late, late, like 5 p.m. naps. And then I'm up until right. 2 in the morning. <laughs> same here. Same here. Same here. So how are, you, how are you coping now? Like nine and a half units and you changed your cycle quite a bit. You just made a cycle update video I saw on your website or on your YouTube channel. Yeah, so I'm on contest prep. So I'm about four, well, four and a half weeks deep into my contest prep. So I, mm -hmm. I, I pushed in the off season, I pushed the test up higher. Chase inspired me, but I, I got up to 15, I think it was 1500 milligrams. And that was just too much, man. It started feeling like I had the flu. 
And so I backed yeah. down to a back a gram is seems to be what agrees with me on the test. So I was running a gram of test and then 800 milligrams of Primo. And then now on contest prep, what I've been doing, I lowered my, uh, I lowered my test down to 750 and lowered the Primo down and I just been swapping in, um, some Masteron. I, I noticed immediately as soon as I swapped in the Masteron, I had a huge weight drop. I dropped like five, six pounds. In a couple yeah. of days, so it, so it had to be water, and I definitely hardened up. Yeah, that's usually the case. You know, people say that Primo and Mastron are interchangeable, but I, I never really agree. Like cosmetic-wise, it's a huge difference. You're a little bit fuller on Primo, and I feel that it's better for the off-season, a little bit more anabolic again, anecdotal yeah. evidence, right? From the bodybuilder community. Uh, but then, as soon as you put in the Mastron during contest prep, I mean, just chisel out, and of course, you, the weight comes quite down, and the water retention goes away quite as well. So. So I'm sure you are enjoying the transformation, you know, coming from that much GH and adding in the Mastrone. I'm sure you look 10 times better already. Yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty dramatic. I have leaned up a good bit. And it's weird that I, I don't even feel like I'm on prep right now, Steve, I, that which makes mm -hmm. me nervous. Justin's kept my food very high, and ah, yeah. I, just, I just keep losing weight, man. So he's... Yeah. He, but wasn't that the case the last prep, but at the end you just started losing weight, losing weight, and you couldn't hold on to it? Well, that was that first prep where I just got over depleted. But but mm -hmm. uh, 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 last year, yeah, we we played around with more food last year. I think I ended up being about two thirty five on stage last year, okay. somewhere, somewhere somewhere around there. And I'm sitting at two sixty five, two sixty six right now, down from about two eighty at the start. Mm -hmm. So, oh wow, we'll, yeah, that's a big big drop already. Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see where I'm at. Yeah, four and a half weeks in. Yeah, I well you'd have that in it. You know how it is when you start people in prep. You get that initial drop yeah. of water. It's not fat. You just no, clean, no, it's just clean water your diet up. Yeah, you drop right. all that water and then fat loss. Like I, I I tell my clients, like really like two pounds a week is sort of the upper end of what I realistically mm. expect. I mean, if you think about yeah, it, you can do the math. You can do the math on it. It's a that that would be a thousand calorie a day deficit. So that's pretty significant. Right. Yeah. And if you change anything to your training volume, add it in uh, the, the cardio again and that kind of stuff, kind of increase your caloric expenditure. Very minimal cardio. I'm doing 20 minutes, four days a week right now. That's mm -hmm. it. Which is okay, 20 right. minutes more than I was doing in the off season. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, if you, have, if you have a solid off season and you really ramp up your calories and your training intensity, then, then I think as soon as you start making a couple of adjustments, the body just goes, you know, until the metabolism creeps up and then you need to make some changes. But in the beginning, you can make a lot of progress and you've already gotten like nasty shredded to the point you have no fat, like uh, fat free, right? Like the, we said it yeah. in the bodybuilding community. Um, and then of course, all the fat and water that you have at the end of the off season, it comes off super, super fast. So if you've done a couple shows and it, if you've been nasty peeled in the past, I don't think that contest prep is such of an issue. It's just going through the process and then fingers crossed you peak, right? Because now you have like five to ten pounds more muscle, right? How much? How much do you think you've gained? During I don't this know. My 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 off season was sort of shit because I couldn't really train mm. my upper body that intensely because my shoulders have been bad. Mm. But I did put some size on my legs. You can tell that I was hitting legs hard, and my back um, has grown. So I I don't know. I mean, I'm 49 years old, dude. How much muscle am I really going to gain? Yeah, I I, I I don't know. I mean, I I I, I there was a, I had a side-by-side -side comparison up on my Instagram page of this off-season versus last off-season finish. And I was definitely leaner at the same body weight. 
So yeah, you know, take, take from that what you will. No, it looks like your body composition is 10 times better and, and you're a lot more detailed, but your, your lats popped out more, your shoulders are a little bit wider, chest is a lot fuller, right? quads straighted a little bit more compared to the last time, a little bit more sweep. And, uh, you know, I mean, unless you want to hammer the drugs like Chase Irons does, um, you know, how much progress, again, can you make? Or, or you need to get on Incrolex and you just gain 10 pounds for free. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. it's just mostly muscle memory at my side because I, I gave 10 milligrams to Aaron, who's like 230 pounds, or sorry, 300, 300 pounds, 280 pounds to 300. And um, he said he was not that, you know, impressed, but he was already on, you know, a good amount of steroids, a good amount of growth, a good amount of insulin. So you add in the Incolex. And then he was like, yeah, okay, I feel better, but it's not like the results that I'm getting. But I started at zero because I've been off cycle for seven months and uh, trying to get my wife pregnant. Um, you know, yeah, I guess deficit. the anchor is not going to affect the fertility, so you can play with that, right? Apparently, growth hormone and IGF one is good for fertility, so I have the green light to uh, add it in. And my fertility parameters are well insane, so it's just a matter of time. So, no baby yet? Not yet. No, no, we only had one round of practicing, though. So, we practiced last month, he got a period, and, and basically, right now, we're in the middle of ovulation. So, allegedly, today was another day of uh trying <laughs> i know we so talked about it before mood. but i i got my yeah. wife pregnant both times while i was blasting i don't know <laughs> yeah. i won the lottery on that one i got i'll get dudes more, it's, it's more common than you think there's so many dudes who get their uh, wives pregnant and and but i always wonder like how many times on cycle did you actually try uh before she got pregnant it could have been like three years straight and then suddenly they get pregnant uh, whereas if you do a fertility protocol, it might happen over like two or three months. Yeah, I w we didn't try. It was just an oops. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oops. But, you know, it was like five years and, and nothing happened. So it was just probably right. luck of the draw. Right, right. But what you, were you like, you know, coming inside and or not pulling out? or? Oh, oh like, yeah, no. Just a, no. My, my couch pulls out, Steve. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Because I remember I talked with Chase Irons and he was like, he, he thought he was the pullout king, but he didn't need to because his sperm, uh, you know, sperm details were zero. He had zero sperm in the semen. So he didn't have to pull out at all. Nope. <laughs> poor, poor guy. <laughs> all that time. Yeah, all that time. Yeah. Just the shooting, well, shooting loads outside. Yeah. Well, so maybe um, on the way, I think Jay, yeah. early next year. Yeah. I think is what he said. Yeah, early oh, next year. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very, very excited for him. So, um, so yeah, he's, uh, of course, he went, as soon as he got the good news, he went on cycle and he exploded. I mean, I think now he's just in his best shape ever. It's, he looks very, very good. I got to get that dude on stage. He seems to be self-conscious about getting on stage. I, I, I mean, he, he looks like he's pretty, would be pretty uh, competitive if he got on a national yeah. stage right now. I think so too. I think just his knees are bothering him. So he doesn't feel that his legs are up to par and he wants to get the surgery done. Um, so, 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 you know, I think by the time we meet him at Swiss, um, you know, the Swiss symposium from elite FTS in Columbus, Ohio, I think after that, he's already done the surgery. Hopefully he can walk and then you need some time to really strengthen your knees and, and you know, get the, the quad size, you know, up to par with the upper body because his upper body is fucking stellar. It's insane. Yeah, I think he said he was and, having some meniscus issues. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, I, I guess it's for, 
for him, the same as me, like I always, I never felt ready to do a show, even when I was 260 pounds and, and, you know, my legs, I've always felt too small, even though my back was crazy, my hamstrings were crazy. And then now it's kind of beyond me because I just simply don't have the time. Um, that's the tough part, man. Like I worry about my prep right now. It's, it seems like usually I make prep a priority, but now it's been on the back burner with all the coaching clients and stuff I have. Yeah. I told you, right? Once you start blowing up on YouTube, you don't have time for anything else. No, man, it's been crazy. And I've got, I don't know how the hell this is going to work. I got uh, two guys that are competing in the same show I'm in. Oh, you got to prep people that are competing at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. J Justin was like, you're crazy doing that, man. Yeah, because I know Matt Porter used to do that. Right? He would compete and then have like five or six clients and he would completely forego his own prep and just show up watery on stage because he was running around helping his clients. I told my dudes they're on their own at the show. I said, I'll, I'll tell you what to do, but <laughs> Here's the cookie cutter plan. Good luck. <laughs> Are they competing against you in the same class or no? No, one guy's classic and another one is in a different, different age group. Mm. So, All right. At least, at least you don't have to show them on stage who's boss. No, I, would, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So my, my plan is this is the... I'm doing the Masters USA's, which is uh, 40. They, there's one pro card for the 45 to 49-year-old group. So mm -hmm. we'll see how I do. And I'll be 50 in February. So if I get my ass kicked, I'll go back in the summer and do Masters Nationals and be in the 50 and right. over group. I feel like I could do well in the 50 and over group. But we'll see. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, the, the older you get, especially if you enter that class when you're just turned 40, I mean, you're, you're going up against yep. guys that are like 54, 55. I mean, I think the only over 50-year-old that still looks good is Michael Hearn, but you'd have to come off cycle to compete with him because he's, of course, this natural <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> be, be natty. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and I understand everything still looks good, but I think he kind of threw in the towel. So besides those two, it's, uh, yeah, there's not that much competition of the people that I know. Um, but you, you, you went to one of these master shows and you said that the yeah, competition was absolutely insane. Yeah. I just had a guy compete in masters, U or masters nationals. And I went up there for mm -hmm. that and I was shocked at the level of comp competition. I had a guy in the over 60 class and mm -hmm. I thought he had a good chance of winning. I mean, he got, he got third, but, uh, still, I mm -hmm. mean, it was, uh, okay. but there were over, there were over 60 guys in the over 60 class. I was shocked. Damn. Yeah, like they, they had every weight class filled out. It was crazy. It was 12, 13, 14 people in each weight class. It was it was nuts. How did they look? Like good skin still or maybe a little bit saggy, I mean, they, difficult to peak, you know? I mean, they looked like over 60 guys. Over 60 guys but I, I felt like my guy, uh, I mean, uh, he, he was, uh, David, he looked really good. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to find a, I don't know, can I share my screen with you? uh probably best um, not because my internet connection goes to ass oh, okay so. yeah but well, i mean we'll, I link, we'll he... link his instagram down below <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought i thought david looked great i mean he okay. he, he he came out pretty great you, you know how it is so like the over the older you get it seems like legs mm. are the first thing that go got yeah, the you it. could yeah. you could see that in the age age groups the older guys the the less they had in the leg department. It seems like yeah. legs are the hard, hard part to keep up. You can uh, see that is... in, um, in Masters Olympia was what, what last weekend, right? We had Hidetada yeah. Yamagishi win the 212, or was it, oh, no, you won the 212, right? And then Kamal Orgardney won the Open. Yeah, And Kamal. both are like 
50 years old or give or take and their legs have just been progressively getting less and less and less and these are elite athletes i remember when i saw hiratari yamagishi in 2006 in holland it was his first competition at the dutch grand prix where uh, jay cutler beat uh, ronnie coleman after his olympia win again so on the grand prix kept winning right and hiratari was his first show and i remember when he walked out and the whole audience was nuts because that was the first time we saw him. Milo Sarchev was there uh, in the backstage. And, uh, and then after that, I've been kind of following. But you see now, as he gets older, you know, towards the end of his career, yeah, it's just harder to keep the muscle mass on. Yeah, it seems like guys can hang on to the upper body stuff, but the legs, I don't know if it's just you can't train legs as hard or guys end up sustaining injuries to their knees or it could be mm -hmm. spine. I don't know if it's nerve issues. Sarcopenia um, at older age. I, I, and then the cardio, yeah. you know, to get shredded. <laughs> yeah, my legs are always the first thing to go doing cardio. Mm -hmm. So I, I have, and Justin will murder me, but Justin likes having everybody do hit cardio. I don't, I don't do that shit. Oh, man. Yeah, I just, I just walk on the treadmill. That's all yeah. I do. I'm Maybe the elliptical yourself, here and there. Right. If you keep yourself active, standing desk, you know, getting getting your steps in, it should be okay. You know, my legs are usually the first one to go. So also, I mean. After adding in the incre legs, I, I gained like two increments of strength, which is a little bit scary um, because I haven't trained that hard for the last couple of months, but I'm almost as uh, strong as I used to be on cycle. But you just feel that the contraction isn't the same as it used to be. Like a couple of years ago, I could load up the leg press and, you know, squat and, and you know, all these crazy exercises. And you get this intense, crazy contraction. And now that I'm getting older, I know you're. The knees are not 100% structurally sound anymore. And so I wonder what's going to happen 10 years from now if I keep trading like this. Um, yeah. Well, I had my Exciting. ACL replaced in my left knee like four or five years ago. And it's, it's mm -hmm. still, it's weird, but you can look at my pictures. You can see that my left, my left leg, okay. my left quad is smaller than my, than my right. Even, mm -hmm. even four or five years later. And I've been doing uh, unilateral movements and my left leg is still not as strong as my mm. right so but yeah. i i completely i think a lot of times the guys will still and this this is something that drives me nuts with with guys that, that i've been i've worked with a lot of older guys is they still mm. try to train like they're 20 years old <laughs> you know if doing deadlifts and squats and bench press and i'm like i'm like bro you wouldn't go out in the backyard and play a tackle football game at 25 why are you training like a 25 year old yeah just i, I for me, it's I want to protect my spine. I want to protect my joint integrity. And if you can't, if you're beating yourself up and you can't train, you're mm -hmm. not going to grow. So I think that's no. a lot of a lot of it when you get older. So what is the advice for older guys? Like I'm going to turn forty in a month. Give me give me some solid advice from a guy who's ten years older than I am. I mean, give, I give don't do any barbell movements anymore at all. None. <sighs> I None. just started squatting again. I don't do squats. I don't do deadlifts. I don't do bench press. The, the one time mm -hmm. I did do bench press, Steve, was earlier this year, and that's when I fucked my shoulder up. Oh, God. Oh, no. I, I was showing off. Um, mm. You know, somebody was talking shit, and I'm like, yeah, I could, you know, do this. And I jumped on the incline and banged out like 12, 13 reps with 315. And then on the 13th rep, I felt something pop in my shoulder. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, the, so no more barbells. So like, what, what kind of rip ranges? Time under tension. Right? Um, like I reps reserve. Yeah, I do everything. I don't train to failure anymore. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't in years, and I've grown. So mm -hmm. 
and I do um, most of my compound movements, I would say the are in the 10 to 12 rep range. And then isolation mm-hmm. movements are more in the 15 to 20. Every once in a while, when in the off season, I'll maybe take the reps lower in the six to 10 rep range. If I'm in right. a, um, a good calorie surplus, have a little extra water on me where I feel like the joints are protected a little bit more, but in on contest prep, when I'm in a deficit, I, I keep the rep ranges higher because I don't want to put myself right. at risk. No, I agree. That's what I've been starting to do recently. Also, instead of doing those four to six grinder reps, what I used yep. to love, you know, the Jordan Peter style, just max it out and then just do four super controlled reps or maybe six and then put it back down with slamming it, obviously, because it's super heavy. Um, but now I've been trying mostly just to do 12 reps and sometimes 15 and just keep the tempo going, right? So you don't take breaks, no rest. You just keep going, keep going, keep going. It's a one continuous set of 12 to 15 reps. And I do feel that it's working um, now that I'm on Incrolex, but when I was not using anything, uh, I would just make me flat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for flat. me, a ton of carbs, GH and insulin help. Yeah, that helps a lot. Yeah, no, but it's true, right? So you're matching your training intensity or your training style to your PED and, and, and food intake. Right. Like, I would always do low reps and then super high intensity because I prefer to do ketogenic diets and I, I you know, still try to keep my weight down and um, not really trying to get up to 260 pounds anymore. Um, I could if I added in the carbs, but I, I think you really have to match, you know, your food and your training because otherwise it just doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, that's something that's always perplexed me. Like I'll see guys that will, I've talked to dudes that I'll run a bunch of insulin and then Mm -hmm. do a hit style workout and then like and then wonder why they're getting fat it's because (laughs) yeah i mean you look at like what like what milos does with his guys it's a lot of volume you know he's doing those giant sets yeah yep yeah and pushing pushing uh you know blood into the muscle so i think you have to pair your training up with your diet i i run a high carbohydrate diet Mm -hmm. for the most part insulin uh, GH and it seems to pair well with the higher volume, higher, no. higher, um, rep range type of training. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And right. You, I prevent injury that way because you're not going doing all these one, uh, max out sets per exercise where you're, right. you know, six reps, eight reps, uh, do or die. And then, uh, you know, a couple grinder sets to the point you're super neurologically fatigued at the end of the day, can even get any work done. That's, that was always my problem. And now I yeah. kind of shift over to more, some more reps in reserve and a little bit higher rep range. And uh, yeah, my body feels a lot better because of it um, with the Incrolex. Again, without it, 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 yeah, my physique was not as impressive as it is now. So let's see. Yeah, I don't want to add in the carbs, though. <laughs> I feel good like this. I look at it this way when I'm evaluating exercises. Is the, there's a cost and a benefit for everything. Mm-hmm. And at my age, I want to maximize the benefit and reduce risk. So mm. I pick exercises that are going to make a lot more sense within the the parameters of my diet and within uh, protecting my joint integrity. Like if I blow out my back, if I mess my shoulders up and I can't train, you're not you're definitely not going to progress that way. So yeah, I I stick with you know so so for example something like a deadlift for me seems high risk low reward at this point in my life i don't know how much benefit i would get out of doing a deadlift at this point and not to mention the fatigue and cns cost of doing a deadlift 
you know, yeah. if you blow yourself out doing a set of deadlifts at the beginning of a workout, how effective is the rest of your back workout going to be? How's there, just, how's, how, how effective is the rest of your day when you have hundreds of clients right. and, and a YouTube channel and other stuff to do? That was right. always kind of my turnoff because nowadays I'm so busy that I, I really have to think like, what am I going to do tomorrow? Um, if I can train super, super hard. So yesterday I trained super, super hard because today was kind of like an off day. And then at the end of the day, I have a podcast, which is easy and fun. Um, so yesterday I, I, yeah, I, I did like, you know, two and a half plate squats, which is a lot since I just started squatting again with the, what is it? Not the Cambridge bar, but the one that goes over your neck. And uh, it's a little bit pivoted. Oh. What's that called? Yeah, I know. It, there's like, a, what is it? The Duffalo bar or whatever it is. Something like I, that. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's I know, like I know a, what you're talking about. Yeah. Just feels like you're wearing a, a vest on the top. So that one, and then uh, some some modified leg press, and then the H squat, which is a lot of fun. You're almost a bit like full stack. And then today I woke up and I'm like, oh man, I haven't felt like this in a while. I was messed up, <laughs> you know. Then I need half a day to kind of recover from it, um, and I'm good. But I think if I had like a lot of work to do and a lot of like PubMed reading and, and preparing for videos, then I, I would be very unproductive today. And it's, it's, I feel that's a trade-off for most of the guys that are now on YouTube. Like that's why I see Chase Irons is barely posting videos nowadays. I texted him. It's like, are you enjoying your bodybuilding? Where did, where's the, where are the videos? Where's the content? <laughs> yeah, just, you're just burned out, you know, from all this heavy, heavy lifting and, and gaining your size. And that's, that is, it's a shame. I wish I could do both, but I have to make I mean, choice. I'm in the gym seven days a week, pretty much. Uh, mm. I'm there every day, but I, like I said, I, I am using low fatigue cost exercises. Like mm. all my back work is braced back work. I don't do, I was doing barbell rows up until this year, but then I dropped mm. those as well. So all I'm lucky we have a great gym where I work out. So we have all this fancy panada in Atlantis oh, equipment. Right. That's just fantastic, man. If we didn't yes. have that, I probably would have to do some of the other stuff, but all right. Yeah. The Panana stuff is really nice. Super nice. I like it. They're, yeah, their new line, Jim Leco and or Jim Lico and Prime and Panana. Yeah. I mean, it's super smooth. Atlantis also. Yeah, yeah we have I all like that, that at my gym. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's great. So I use all that stuff. So all my back work at this point is braced. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm trying to take load off of my spine. And there's a fatigue cost to that as well. And same thing with the with the leg work. So I will only do hack squats pretty pretty much anymore hack squats leg extensions and then i'll do some sissy squats or 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 maybe lunges or something like that so right. but that's pretty much what i do for my quad work it's it, nothing where i'm loading my spine right right so it's a lot more deliberate and how's your pump and contraction and then you, you know overall feel of the muscle now compared to back then when you were doing dc training and that kind of crazy workout uh, depends on how much insulin i take <laughs> i love the honesty <laughs> uh, you you ask a pro this question like oh yeah it's so much better now that i'm older the muscle maturity but you know we all know that the peds also play a role no i mean nothing works like it did when i was in my 20s man uh, you, you yeah. know i could i could literally go in a bar and see a girl and get a pump you know it's yeah of course <laughs> yeah when I was in my 20, you know, start flexing my biceps and be ready to go. But yeah, pumps are harder to come by as you mm -hmm. get older. That's for sure. But yeah. I, I've had really with this style of training paired with the insulin and a high carbohydrate diet, you definitely get better pumps. That That's mm -hmm. for sure.
Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. And you were up to what, a thousand carbs a day at one point? Um, yeah, on my high days, I do around a thousand. Yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, Justin, so we run carb cycling, so it was high, medium, low. So at the beginning of my contest prep, I was at a thousand on my high days. I was running three of mm-hmm. those a week. My medium days were 600 grams of carbs, and mm-hmm. uh, low days were 300 right. grams okay. of carbs. And then the protein yeah. stays pretty moderate because if you're running a ton of carbs, car- of course, you know, carbs are protein sparing. You don't yeah, need protein sparing, right? Yeah, you don't need as much protein. So two, around two. a gram to a gram and a quarter per pound. Yeah, to, to, to 200, 250 grams in total, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I was and around then, 300, yeah. I think, somewhere around there. Oh, right, yeah, because you're 280 pounds. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 But not, not a, not a, people are shocked when I tell them how much protein I eat. It's, it's not a, it's not a ton. Although I think from what I understand, as you get older, from what I've read, that uh, protein requirements do go up because your protein metabolism starts to change as you get older. But does that apply to bodybuilders who use performance-enhancing drugs by the boatloads? Increased probably <laughs> Muscle not, protein synthesis <laughs> quite right. a bit, you know. I think, you know, when you listen to Peter Artia about, um, you know, longevity and that kind of stuff, that you have to invest in, in your younger years to acquire a certain amount of muscle because it's going to diminish as you get older. But... All of that research has not been performed on men who take testosterone replacement therapy or anything above that. No. Um, and, and we would probably continue some sort of PED use later on in life. Um, so I, I think for us, it's not going to be an issue, you know, unless you get no. physically injured and, and you're, you know, you're bedridden for a month for whatever reason, yeah, then it's problematic. But even then, you can get it back quite fast. Um, I mean, again, you know, you see how long uh, Chase was off or an arm off, and then you add in a little bit to the mix, and the response is stellar. So, you, you I mean, just look at gain it all back. Look at Sylvester Stallone. What is that dude? 77, yeah. 78? Mm-hmm. He looks like he's in his 40s. Yeah. Well, maybe not in the face, but in the physically. <laughs> well, physically. I mean, that, guy, that, yeah. guy's, that guy's still put together. Yeah, he's no, doing he still everything. looks good. Yeah, he still looks good. So you got your tickets for the Olympia already? I mean, your good friend Roman Fritz is going, so. <laughs> My show's a week too. after the Olympia, man. So <laughs> yeah, it's true, right? Yeah. There's, there's no way. Yeah, Roman's, Roman's a character. He's the only yeah. guy that can contest prep on 600 grams of carbs a day. Amazing, huh? Amazing. But he's full as house, finally. Finally yeah. put that crazy, you know, super over-dieting to rest. And now he shows up good to the point that everybody gives him uh, his, you know, due credit and make uh, let him win a show he's such a nice guy too he's funny funny mm-hmm. nice guy Re- really really good guy I, I enjoy talking to him yeah i like i like him too I, I like uh, how simple he keeps things like he he told us like for his off season he basically what he does is on, in the off season he's eating 200 grams of carbohydrates per meal and on contest mm-hmm. prep he goes down to 100 <laughs> <laughs> And here I am, like one of my clients every week, making micro adjustments, you know, f- and taking 15 grams here and, yeah, you know, m- pulling stuff. And that, that's how he's doing it. And, and like he said that he uses no orals on contest prep. It's just, from what oh, I well. understood, it's past primo okay. trend. Yeah. But he, he was at sometimes at pretty high doses, right? A gram, two grams test and then a gram primo. And- yeah. 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 I mean, he's running pro doses. Yeah. Right. But yeah, super I mean, stuff. I think if you have that much experience and so much muscle maturity, it's just, I mean, he's been super ripped 
for for such a long time. So I think it's almost impossible for him to gain any body fat. It's just it's just thickening of the skin during your off season, yeah. and then you have to lean it out, you know, with a little bit of uh, collagen manipulation, so to say. And and then it's a, a peaking thing, and it seems that he finally nailed it now. So he's done so many shows that he knows his body, he knows what drugs respond or what he responds well to. And then it's just a matter of repeating the process. You know, it's these beginners that really need to figure it out. And then the problem with beginners is they don't go as far as guys like you or Roman Fritz when it comes to competition. So you need to pull out all the stops at the end, you know, the depletion and the loading and the GH and the and the diuretics and all that shit because they're they still need another four weeks of dieting realistically. Yeah, the just guys aren't ready. That's what it boils mm. down to. That's why. It, yeah. That's something I've been playing with this year with my competitors. I, I've had a lot. I've been getting guys in shape, really good shape this year is being mm-hmm. more aggressive early on in the diet. Yeah. And then you, you know, as well as I do, what does everybody say the week after the show? I wish I looked like this on stage. I look so much better. So yeah. I've been trying to have people ready a couple weeks out. And then I start mm-hmm. basically the peak week mm-hmm. is a deload. Start pushing yeah. the food back up, pull the cardio out, and then guys are just coming on stage looking fresh yeah. and dry and peeled. It's it's amazing. It, it I have to talk some dudes into it because they think doing less work is going to somehow somehow make them worse when they get on stage. But it's actually it seems to be beneficial having them rest, do less mm-hmm. work. No, I agree. And yeah, I I agree. I agree. Because the problem is, I mean, most guys just die down towards the show. But if you're already three, four, five weeks early, and you slowly start phasing out the cardio and increase the food a little bit, you don't even need to do a crazy peak week. Maybe a little bit of water manipulation, but yep. the, the physique looks so much fresher. You know, it doesn't look beaten down and, and strained and some body parts fill out and other ones don't, you know. So you have a, a full upper body, but still skinny, stringy legs. Right? But if you phase out the cardio, because you were ready early and slowly increase the food a little bit and then just make sure that the body fat doesn't come back you keep using something like Treadmaster and Winstrol to keep the skin nice and thin then I think it's a non-issue but again you have to tell these people that you have to be ready four weeks six weeks eight weeks early which also adds another eight weeks to their contest prep and not everybody's ready for that mentally anymore it seems it's interesting to go watch a pro show, go watch a national show, and then go watch mm-hmm. the local shows here in the U.S. I've been Ooh, to a lot of shows yeah. this year, but like the Nash, the the local shows mm-hmm. is a microcosm of what we we're just talking about. You'll see really two types of people on stage at the lo- local shows. You'll see the guy that's been severely over diet and looks completely yeah. haggard. It looks like they just walked out of a concentration camp. They they look horrible. <laughs> And then you got the dudes that look like they're eight weeks out. Very, very yeah. rarely. If you can nail your conditioning at a local show and you know mm-hmm. how to pose, this is what I tell my clients all the time. You got a good chance of winning. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And But it's in most countries. It's not only in the U.S. It's basically worldwide nowadays because everybody's on social media too busy about, you know, how they look there. And then they get a ton of praise and compliments. When in reality, you got to shut it down and lock yourself up and only come out of your little bubble of life when your glutes are striated and, and your lower back is striated and there's and you're fat free, right? You know, the skin is like this thin, but everywhere. But it's too much what work. Was interesting you know? And I to get me. it. I, I mean I get it. I'm busy with social media too, but I'm not stepping on stage. So 
what was really interesting to me, Steve, the part that I that sort of blew me away after seeing some pro shows and a national show th- this mm-hmm. year is the guys at the NPC level on the national shows are in better condition than the pros are. Oh. And that was wild really? to me. And I was talking to Justin and Todd about it. And Todd was like, yeah, he's like, half these guys know they're not going to qualify for the Olympia, like two thirds of them. And they're mm-hmm. probably just out there for a contractual requirement. So they're half assing their prep. Could be. Yeah, that wouldn't so, surprise me. So I didn't even consider that with the with the pro guys. Like it was I was at the New York Pro. It was really interesting to me. And the open guys, like outside of the top five, they mm-hmm. a lot of those dudes didn't didn't even look like they were close to being ready for, <laughs> for stage. Yeah. Kind of shocked me. That's that's why I barely follow open bodybuilding nowadays. It's but it's it's boring to me honestly but here i am in a national show and everybody's got shredded glutes <laughs> yeah no i know yeah in some classes especially in classic physique nowadays where they still have to make weight even though the weight cap is going up i think um yeah, at least those guys anything significant. yeah do you think like some of these competitors knew because it seems that chris bumstead has been a lot bigger for a while and Ramon Dino has been a lot bigger for a while and earl skalsinski has been bigger for a little while i'm sure and they all told thi- bumstead right they had I'm sure that I'm sure they taught like the top ten or something because everybody was like gigantic this last off season. I'm like, how the hell are you gonna make it? You know, how the hell are you gonna wake weight? And then suddenly they announced like, oh, you know, weight cap is up a couple of pounds. Like, these guys must have known. I uh, when I, w- I will say this though, when I was at the New York Pro, I saw uh, mm-hmm. what's his name, Michael Debole, I think is his name, or right. Debole, yeah, Debole, uh, the the i think he's from syria the classic mm-hmm. guy but my god that guy was shredded I, that was one of the most shredded human beings i've ever seen yeah now these guys are absolutely crazy i met um ramon dino in uh, flex lewis's gym before the olympia last year and i was like you know fully loaded on hamburgers and he was super depleted and then everybody's like you're dwarfing him but <laughs> his skin was paper thin everywhere and he had his whole team, uh, you know, with him to help him change weights because he was so depleted. And then he still didn't make weight because he, he uh, you know, got an inch shorter. So they had to literally pull him, you know, pull him, straight him out to make him gain an inch so he could weigh in a little bit heavier. Yeah, I re- remember <laughs> hearing about that. So he could make, yeah, so he could make weight. That whole, that whole height thing is stupid. They should just certify your height mm-hmm. when you get your pro card and you're done. So that way you know yeah. what your weight cap is for the rest of your career. Right. I agree. I agree. Because let's be honest, most of these guys will shorten a little bit when they start, you know, taking the weight off because you lose a little bit of fluid in your spine. And if you use some diuretics to get into, uh, you know, the weight class, then you're even shorter. So now you risk uh, uh, dropping, you know, a, a height. So you have to weigh in a little bit less. So you think you're making it, but you're actually making yourself shorter. It's, yeah, it's a bit it's, tricky. It's silly at that level that they're actually measuring their height at a at a show. I mean, just come on, man. Just put it on their pro card. You're five mm-hmm. nine. That's what you are for the rest of your career. Imagine everybody's going to use the inversion table for their pro card. You know, when they, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> they use yeah, it for maybe. like a couple of weeks. <laughs> they do all these crazy height protocols that the kids want to do nowadays. Oh, man, it's uh, it will well, be tall. Well, I've definitely gotten shorter as I've gotten older. I, I used to be almost six three, and I measure out under six two now. Really? You, yeah. you dropped an inch. I think I lost like a centimeter, centimeter and a half. I used to be 178, and I'm like 176, 75. It's about, let's say, yeah, 510 to 559. 
I'm a, I'm a tad under six two now, so yeah. Now, when you guys see him at Swiss, I'll, you'll see how short I really am. <laughs> how <laughs> so, how tall are you in, in American height? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think me and Chase are about the same height, though. He's like five ten. I'm five nine. Five nine. Okay. Take. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Todd's shorter than all of us. I think that dude's like five two. <laughs> <laughs> I like this anabolic podcast that you have, man. Every weekend, it's it's hilarious. Yeah, we, we've been having fun with it. We, we try to keep it keep it funny and have fun with it. It's um, it's it's been a blast, man, doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Although last weekend's episode got a little weird, but that'll happen. Yeah, that happens. I had a talk with Mike afterwards. He's uh, you know, he was a little bit upset. <laughs> Shit happens. It happens, <laughs> Shit happens. Man, I don't. I, Shit life happens, goes on. Man. I'm At least you didn't have uh, Mr. Victor, uh, the the, the pinna- <laughs> pinnacle of education, uh, on I, the on the podcast. I, I, I still both. feel bad for Chase, dude, of having to sit through that for two hours. <laughs> I couldn't have done it, man. No, no way. I I couldn't have done it. I don't know how Chase did it. He's he's a saint. <laughs> Chase is the nicest. Chase is the nicest guy on Five Grams of Gear I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like his mood didn't get affected at all. I mean, it was exactly the same when he was off. And now he's still super chill, you know? I asked him if he would take any medication secretly. But he's like, no, it's just me. Uh, I, you know, I've always had this theory, like the, the whole roid rage thing. Of like, if you're an asshole beforehand, you're going to be a bigger mm-hmm. asshole when you're on. If, if, yeah. if you're chill, you're going to be chill. No, I don't know. I don't, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty chill. The only time I get... A little cranky is at the end of contest prep when I'm starving, but that I don't know how much of that is the protocol or how much of it is just being in a calorie deficit and not being able to sleep. Yeah, it's. I mean, I always got cranky on the diet too, whether I was drug free or enhanced. On when I, when I was enhanced, it it's worse. I'll be, you know, I'll admit it. It's uh, because I did like many cycles when I was still drug free, so maybe twelve, fifteen diets. Because I was drug free for ten years, right, and uh, and then I was a moody son of a bitch. Also, <laughs> I was intolerable, so that's why I rarely go to that extra mile because I know my wife will suffer um, unless I take some sort of you know medication to kind of you know put that kind of bullshit out of my head. But you know, then you're patching one hole with another hole. So yeah, uh, I just. I'm- I'm pretty level other than having some social anxiety. I definitely have a little bit of social anxiety and sometimes that gets worse. Yeah. You, I saw that. I wanted you to podcast. Do you want to go into that? Because it, it was surprising to hear that you, you know, have a little bit of a hard time dealing with like the fame and people coming to you at, at some of these shows. <laughs> and like, I was like, wait a minute, this is like the most fun part of being on YouTube, meeting all these people that support your channel. So what's going on yeah. there? Yeah. I, I've always been that way. I've always had a, I'm an introvert and I've always had a bit of social anxiety and mm-hmm. it, I definitely learned that Nangelone doesn't help it. <laughs> mm. So I, I pretty yeah. much stay away from Nangelone, but yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll start feeling a little overwhelmed if, if a lot of people start talking to me, I'm, I, I try not uh, to be a dick and talk to people, but I, I don't know the, of a better way to describe it other than it feels like, like being closed in, it's almost like a claustrophobic feeling. Sometimes, yeah, like, I used to have people... I, I used to have this too. Yeah, I used to have this too. When it when I just you know became a coach and then everybody wants to talk to you at these bodybuilding shows and I was helping clients. So you're you're emotion you're an emotional support animal for your clients, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, for yep. your fifteen or sixteen clients that are competing. 
And then everybody in the circuit knows you, right? The judges, the other coaches, some of the other competitors, people in the audience. So you're basically talking the whole day, the whole day. And after a while, like let's say midday, when the show is halfway done, but midday, your emotional energy is kind of gone because you feel like you have to entertain people. And you feel like you have to be, you know, on your best uh, leg forward yeah. because as soon as you show a little bit of moody, then you'll make a bad impression. And your TripAdvisor review goes to zero. Um, so it, it, yeah, it costs a lot, right? And the last thing you want is that I met Steve, I met Paul at the Mr. Olympia, and he was such a dick. That's the last thing you want to see no, online. So I don't, I don't want to be like that. I, I, I've had that experience before with pro bodybuilders. I've, I've told oh, people, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Told people my Lou Ferrigno story. I he was he was I was such a fan of Lou Ferrigno when I was in, in when I was younger, and mm. him and Arnold. I mean, they, they were you know my idols and. Mm -hmm. He came to do a guest posing or a guest, I'm not sorry, not guest posing, but like a guest event at my gym, like a promo mm -hmm. uh, event that I, this gym I worked at as a personal trainer when I was in college and I got assigned to kind of be his errand boy and he was just horrible. He was absolutely horrible. Just, just mean, horrible, nasty, and I'll never forget it. It's, it's ingrained in my memory. So you didn't pay the $20 for a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I remember just him being so condescending and I was just a young, stupid kid. that was like 19 years old. I'm like, yeah. this guy's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've felt like that a couple of times when you meet pro. So, you know, I always make sure that when I go to the events, I, I put, you know, yeah. again, I want to give everybody the time. And if I lose my voice or I have to hold my pee, you know, because you meet people everywhere, right? Yep. Even when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, so you meet all these people, but I do feel like at the end of the day, like I'm emotionally drained. Because yeah. you, you have, like for every person that I meet, I want to give them a good impression. Because again, they support yeah. you on the back end. Like without the fans, my channel would be nothing. Um, so, you know, I'm the last one to leave. But at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I'm drained. But in the beginning, I had the same thing as you, where after a while, you just want to disappear and kind of sit in the closet and recharge. Uh, but it does get better over time. But you do have to expose yourself to it um, to kind of get over it. Yeah, it was very eye-opening at, at the national show I went to and very eye-opening at the New York Pro. That was the first, mm -hmm. like, two big shows I've been to, especially at the national show. Man, there was literally, I like the people watch, even though I'm not that social, mm -hmm. but I, I would set up with my <laughs> laptop in the lobby to do my check-ins with my clients, and I'm sitting there talking, right. and there was just a line of people to talk to me. Yeah. Like, there was people Welcome waiting Welcome to the fitness industry, Paul. <laughs> and... It was it, it 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 was fun. It was it was fun. I and I try I tried to be as sociable as I possibly could, mm. and it was it was interesting. My it was funny because my client was like, "Man, everybody knows you." I'm like, yeah. "I don't know them. They know me." No, I didn't know everything about you. But this is what happens when you give quality information yeah. on YouTube. You know, people start following you. They get invested, and then when you, they do meet you, they want to you know see what see what you're all about. If you are the same as you are on YouTube in real life. And if you can deliver, um, everybody's happy with your uh, interaction. Because the last thing, again, the last thing you want is to tell people, these people to, you know, go away because you're busy with your chickens. And then they, they go online and said, well, Paul is not as nice as he pretends to be online. <laughs> yeah. What you see is what you get with me. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I, right. So, so of course you'll be dead tired at the end of the day, but it's, um, yeah, I loved it, man. I lost my voice in two days when I went to the Mr. Olympia. And Scott McNally was like, no, no, you got to pace yourself. I'm like, pacing myself? <laughs> Whoever wants to talk to me, I'm just going to talk. And then, 
Yeah, my voice was gone at the at the second day or third day. But I was talking to people from the moment I landed in the US because I got recognized everywhere. Because that was, you know, in the middle of the Liver King debacle. So I was high profile. Oh man, yeah, I'm sure everybody wanted to talk to you then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see what happens this year. I'm old news probably. People like, yeah. And they've forgotten about you. Although they, I yeah. think they've forgotten about Liver King too. I haven't heard anything about him in a while. Uh, he looks better than before. So he's uh, whatever he's uh, doing yeah. to his body is uh, he's he's doing it right. Yeah, I, I saw his recent pictures. I'm like natty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he enjoyed the flu publicity that uh, Derek gave him. Uh, hey, all publicity is good publicity. Good that's publicity. what they say, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's 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 how it goes. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, I had man. so many, I did a, I remember after that whole thing, I did a breakdown of his diet, like mm. of it not being such the, uh, the or what primal diet or whatever he, he said it was. And I went through and broke down his diet and I had so many angry people reach out to me. It was hilarious, man. Like I just broke yeah. down his diet. That's all I did. I thought it would be fun to nope. go through his diet. Yeah. It's weird because when you do reaction videos, you get like two groups of people. One that is, super against the person that you're reviewing, you know, whatever yeah. that's a diet or a cycle or whatever. And others that are very pro, they found, you know, they don't really follow you, but somehow they found your video. And it's, it, that's why I, in the beginning, I wanted to do, see if I could do reaction videos and kind of get, uh, you know, some sort of algorithm boost, which I didn't get. And then I realized in the comment section, everybody's just arguing of the most trivial stuff. Yeah. I did like a reaction to tech lead, you know, everybody's blasting the guy, but I think tech lead is hilarious. You know, he's super cynical. He's just some Asian guy that, that made a video about bodybuilding that we all die in our forties, um, which he just basically pulled out of his ass, right? That's just this, <laughs> but he's super cynical and I don't take it serious at all because I think taking stuff serious too much in life just shortens your life quality right. uh, or minimizes it. So I, I think I approach everything as a, in joking fashion, uh, including Mr. Victor Black. Big joke, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I made a video about that, and then, man, the people in the comment section they went nuts. I'm like, oh, okay, guys, this was not the point of the video to get into like some sort of comment war, like you're on uh, professional muscle or get big. This is this is not why I made this video. It's just entertainment, right? But yeah, it's uh, people take it a lot, uh, very very serious, and I think you saw that sometimes on your Instagram as well, right? You, you go some videos go to a new audience, and then you get all this weird nonsense man what it, are you talking about it's funny the stuff i won't, don't think will be controversial i'll post stuff and then it gets people so angry the stuff that really gets people tweaked that shocks me is diet stuff oh my god yeah. people get so tweaked over diet stuff mm -hmm. is it because i think people you know they're keto they're carnivore they're vegan they're whatever they they treat mm -hmm. their diet like it was a religion and if you say yeah. anything that insults their their way of being, oh my God, they get so upset. Fanaticals, fanaticals. Same with fasted cardio versus post wiped cardio. I made a video about that, just passing it through the vigorous I re Q and A. I remember seeing it. Right, uh, and then everybody to start attacking BioLane and start attacking these studies, which have not been performed on uh, bodybuilders that take performance enhancing drugs, right? <laughs> And because there's quite a few studies comparing fasted cardio versus post-workout cardio or cardio at any point during the day, non-fasted cardio. But none of them apply to us when we take performance enhancing drugs because our metabolism and our energy requirement is completely different. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, guys, what are you arguing about? 
just go do your fucking cardio, whatever you believe in, especially coming from people who are fat. I can't take you serious then if you start arguing with me uh, about what is the best way, you know, at least show me a six pack or something. Well, I did a whole video on, on recomping and how it was uh, probably at least it's an inefficient use of your time. Right. You'd probably be better mm -hmm. off just pushing or going into a diet phase so that you're trying right. to swim both upstream and downstream at the same time. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, people got so upset. People were tagging Greg Doucette and then Greg commented yeah. on my video. <laughs> and I'm like, really over this? Yeah. Yeah. But again, any publicity is good publicity, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. You, I was, if you, if you got Greg in your comment section and you're doing it right. Yeah, he was in it, it, did, it made me laugh also. that Greg, Greg said that he would make a reaction video, but my channel was too small to, 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 to go after. But yet he was commenting on my video. I'm like, that makes a yeah. lot of sense, man. Greg, Greg only <laughs> goes after guys that are younger, uh, so he can bully them a little bit. We love you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Greg's got his hand full with Johnny Shreve right now. So, and, and yeah, uh, Johnny Bravo is the kind of triangle war, man. So much drama. And you know what weird is? Does this happen with the hardcore bodybuilders? No. We're too busy for this shit. No. You know? No. You see Chase making drama? You? Me? No. I have this life body. I like to eat right and go to the gym and take some PEDs. Right? I pose in front of the mirror when I look good. Maybe I pose a little bit more than I train nowadays. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my life. Right? Why, would, <laughs> why would you do the drama stuff, you know? It's... Yeah, but I guess I mean it does work because these guys have millions of views, so you probably yeah. I mean, I try to stay. Well, I don't know. I don't. I just don't like drama. I don't. It it stresses me out. I don't. I don't mm -hmm. like. You know, it's like you. I try to put good vibes out in the world. Right. You know, it's just kind of my kind of my approach to life in general. It's just like when you're that that living in that constant state of pushing drama just makes you stressed mm. all the time. I would think like you're just in a constant stressed state. I just, it's, I don't know. I don't think it's healthy. No, I don't think so. Either. I think you're probably also wondering if people are going to come after you, take your channel down, which happened yeah. to several, you know, like Nick Jelly got his channel taken down because he just was all about the drama. And, and at one point you piss off people and then they'll take it down, you know, or do their best to take it down. So yeah, I don't know. It's it, the fitness industry is a weird space sometimes, you know, I mean, we have our little niche of educating people, keeping it positive, which is very small in the bigger picture, right? Because we have drama, drama channels are quite big. And then you have the, the athlete channels, which are, I mean, very poor information many times, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but that's the kind of like, you know, what the fans want to see. So it's sometimes I wonder, like, am I going in the right direction or should I just do an athlete channel and just load up on gear and start training and eating like, uh, you know, fr Fruit Loops? The whole time to get the audience <laughs> riled up. It's not how I mean, it eats, but you know. I mean, it worked for Cali Muscle. Yeah. <laughs> his best oh food my. diet. Oh my god! Did you see him on uh, what's the Anabolic Docs channel recently? Yeah, talking, yeah. Talking about how he came off all his heart meds and mm. he's he's on a watermelon diet. I'm like, what? <laughs> Insane. Anabolic Doc wanted to have me on also, but I figured he was going to do me uh, like 30 minutes of preaching. So I was like, you know what, never mind. I'm not going to go on and <laughs> listen to the guy preach because that's what he does to the people that he gets on the podcast. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll buy out of this collaboration. It's, yeah, I don't, I don't watch much of his stuff, but I, I don't know. 
He does. He does seem to get preachy. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I was like, okay, never mind. Right, I'll, I'll do collaborations with people who are like minded. And um, if, I, if I want something to be preachy, I'll show my blood work to my wife, and then she'll preach to me like, hey, you know, cut the crap, come off. <laughs> I'll make the appropriate adjustments. Oh. God, Dr. Todd loses his mind over guys like that. He's like, anybody who wears a white coat or scrubs mm -hmm. on camera, he goes, it's just a costume. <laughs> yeah, that's true, though, right? Yeah, that's true. And then the weird thing is, a lot of these doctors, they don't talk about the thing that they're um, really knowledgeable about. Do you know that there's a new guy, um, his YouTube channel is like Man Medicine. What is this? Yeah, I saw him. Somebody sent me a link to him. Yeah, I like him, though. He's an actual doctor. Um, I think he's yeah, yeah. He people. seems really he good. Makes in depth, he makes in depth videos. Let me just give him a shout out while we're at it. Because uh, he posts like one video every two weeks. Let's see. Hopefully, my internet connection doesn't go to shit <laughs> when I load up the YouTube. I got only enough bandwidth for Streamyard. Uh, what is this guy's name? Uh, he yeah, I know who you're out. talking about. Some somebody uh, somebody sent me his channel, and I watched a couple of his videos, and he does some really yeah in-depth videos I, I subscribe to his uh hang on I'll, I'll find it but yeah i think it was man medicine or something like that yeah, i just can't remember what his name was hmm. okay guys just follow man medicine i'll link it down below uh doesn't even play yeah, his channel is really good yeah so it's all in-depth right all long-form content uh get your notepad ready um start taking some notes and I think if this guy makes like three videos a week, he would he would do well. Yeah, his channel's great. Yeah. Yeah, somebody was asking me to get him on for an interview sometime. So Yeah, get him know. on. Yeah, yeah, I have to reach out to him. Yeah. I mean now now your channel is big. Now you gotta get all these newbies, these YouTube newbies on to give back. You know, it's, like it's going from me begging people to come on to now they're begging me to come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, it's weird. <laughs> that's man. how it should be. No, but that's how it should be. I mean, I had you on a little bit over a year ago or one and a half years ago when you were yeah, coming up and you had like four thousand or three thousand subscribers. No, I didn't even have a thousand when you when you pulled me on. Oh, really? I found you yeah. early, huh? And yeah, I didn't I find like, you. Somebody recommended me to you. Like I was where are all the bodybuilding YouTubers? And then somebody said, You should check uh, anabolic bodybuilding. Paul, you should check him out. So yeah, I now I'm close to twenty thousand, I think now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. My channel just had its two-year anniversary. Okay, wow. That you did. You went to twenty k a lot faster than I did. I had like my channel for for nine years or something, or eight years, but I, it was dormant for many years um, until Derek picked me up, and then it started to. You know, everybody needs a good pickup, right? So somebody recognizes you, and then you know, new audience, yeah, or you can get introduced to a new audience. Yeah, yeah. Mine blew up after you. You had me on. Yeah, I'm at almost 18,000 now. Wow. My two-year anniversary. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and I'd say Colton is blowing up, and Tanner is doing really well. So all these new kids on the block, they're, uh, you know, they're getting into the social media game, and they're, they're grinding and making good money. So that's good to see, man. Yeah, Colton's a hard worker. He's very sharp. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to meet him. Um, in, he's coming to Thailand in like 10 days. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, he said he's yeah. going to Thailand. It's and amazing it's like, what he's done with having CP. Like He pretty much said his doctor told him he should not lift weights and just give up. Yeah, that's right. He, he had cerebral palsy, right? 
So yeah, he has it. Yeah, but he does. It doesn't look like it. No, at all. It's amazing what anabolics can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good to see. I mean, uh, you know, unlike that, you know, consider it a shortcoming. It's just probably a roadblock for him. But he's he's managing very very well, and he looks great. You know, his physique looks good. He's in shape. He's he's got a a, a girlfriend. He's willing to work, so he's financially secure. He can travel. He's doing well, man. Yeah, I like yeah, he's a hard, hard working, smart kid. Um, you know, just you know, I call him a kid. Anybody under thirty is a kid to me anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's coming here. So, but he, he's going straight to Padia. And I'm like, why are you going there? I just want to see the the fun side. So, okay, I'm in Bangkok. So when you swing swing by Bangkok, then we can meet up. I don't think I'll go to Padia um, to meet him there, but hopefully he can swing by uh, Bangkok. That's where all the fun there. is. Uh, that's where all the debauchery is, which is funny if you're single, but he's got a girlfriend. So yeah. you have a muscle factory and of course you have walking street. There's a lot of nice restaurants. You can kind of hang out and chill out and see all the craziness that Thailand has to offer. Um, it's kind of like Las Vegas. Um, if, if, if the zombie apocalypse uh, would have broken out in Las Vegas, then fast forward like three years and then you have uh, Patty. <laughs> that's basically what it is. Lady boys. Yeah. Uh, lady boys everywhere. Yeah, they're easy to recognize if you've been here for a minute. But the the guys who are fresh off the boat, no, good luck, good luck with that. <laughs> Get a surprise yeah. back at the hotel room. Exactly. Well, the further you walk down uh, Walking Street, like that's like the beach road. The further you walk down, at one point there's like a whole area where lady boys gravitate, and then they're at Soy Six One and a couple other places. So you know, if you do your due diligence researching about where you can spot them, then you can easily avoid them or Looked them up, right? Not judging here. <laughs> <laughs> Not judging here. Uh, Tony always looks them up. Tony Huge. Uh, so he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's very happy in Patty. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll have a good time. How old is Colton now? 20 something? Yeah, he's mid 20s, I think. Mm. I'm not sure. Late yeah. 20s. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not 100% sure. Mm. I came to Thailand when I was 23 and it ruined oh, wow. me forever. Yeah, it ruined me forever. <laughs> But after that, you can't do anything else. Yeah, one of my friends, uh, or my 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 girlfriend, one of her friends, went over there uh, to work during COVID and never came back. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Just yeah. Said, "Nah, I'm out." Yeah, that it's the same feeling I had. I went here to Thailand for two weeks, and I saw how far my euro went. You know, you in the conversion and how little everything costs. I mean, the prices have gone up significantly since then. But you could basically just do whatever. Just hang out and chill and nothing is complicated. Accountability is hard to find um, this, in, in the country. So if you really want something like Western accountability, forget about it. So you get very good at crisis management. Um, and if you get good at crisis management and you don't you know, get too upset when things go wrong, which go wrong all the time, then you're okay. Again, you just yeah, have I'm to in, laugh it off. I'm in Washington, D.C. Everything's very serious here. Mm. No, you're in the capital of uh, politics. Are you afraid there's going to be riots and stuff uh, soon or no? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't yeah. live in the downtown area, so I'm not. That's always in yeah. a very isolated area. This right. is a big area, man. It's like 50 miles from one end of it to the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, w I won't make it to Washington this trip, though. I'll, um, I'll go to America for a month. First, I go to China. Then I go uh, to Detroit. To visit Scott McNally and Swiss, right? I'll, I'll probably see you there. And then yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. 
Then I'll fly to Chicago to meet uh, Chase Irons. Then I go to Las Vegas to meet my wife. She'll come like 10 days, 14 days later. And then we'll go to Orlando and then to LA. You know, might have some detours here and there, uh, depending on podcast collaborations. But it's, uh, I figured, you know, since you're in contest prep, I didn't want to bother you. <laughs> I swing by <laughs> DC and like, I'll let this guy do his contest prep and we'll see. Nah, no, Swiss. you're not bothering me at all, man. I, I'll be at, yeah. I'll be at Swiss. You're not missing much with Washington, DC. No, I did. A buddy of mine has been there. It's, uh, it's nice though. I mean, you've got some nice sights to see. Um, it's expensive. But, Traffic sucks. Yeah. It's, that's most of America now. It's, it looks very expensive now compared to what last year when I uh, started booking tickets and stuff. I'm like, man, what has happened? But I got a sweet deal in Las Vegas, though. I got like the previous room that I stayed in for like $150 cheaper per night. So I, uh, I'm very happy with that. Yeah, you can always get deals in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully get comped if I gamble more than enough. I don't I'm not gonna <laughs> No, Vegas no. is like its own thing though, man. It's, it's, it's sort of a, it's, it's not even, it's like its own world. Yeah. No, I like Vegas though. You, you've been there also, right? Oh yeah. I've been times. many times. Yeah. Many times. It, I like it though. I mean, for bodybuilding, you know, everything is, it's the same as Bangkok. Basically it's 24 seven. You can bodybuild anywhere, you know, and you can eat nice things, but if you want to be a hermit, and just focus on yourself, then I think you can do that also. It's a lot of grocery stores with quality food. And you know, I think, but if you do want to go a little bit crazy, then everything's on offer. That's what, that's what I like about these big cities. You know, you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. Vegas is weird. It's flying into that place. You'll, you'll, if you, if you, I don't know if you've flown in at night, yeah, but you flew, can see yeah. there's nothing around it. It's no. just like, yeah. And you have the strip and it's like blinding you. You're like, man what's going on here like there's a sea of light in the middle of the desert it, it is so yeah. weird it is definitely an oasis i like it though I, the helicopter tour from uh, maverick um oh yeah so you yeah. fly you over the, the grand, grand canyon. canyon right 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 and yeah. they start serving you alcohol at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon kind of sweeten the deal so that was also easy guys you want some champagne <laughs> like oh it's after 12 why not <laughs> so if it was like a whole bottle of champagne there in the in the uh, the, one of the valleys there, the Grand Canyon. And then we flew back, I think, at the end of the day during sunset, and then you see kind of Vegas lighting up as you fly over it. Very impressive. Yeah, it's a neat place. Yeah. It is It is a very yeah. neat place. I used to go out there a lot when I was younger, and I would gamble and do stupid shit. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Things you do tell when you're single. Take us, uh, tell us some crazy stories, man. I'd love to hear I, it. Like, I, I, sw I swear the hangover was a real-life uh, event based on me and my friends when we went to Vegas one time. <laughs> we went out We went out for a bachelor party. Oh, and, no. And I'm going to embarrass my friend, my, my friend Keith, but we, we went right. out for a bachelor party when I was younger, uh, and we lost my buddy. We didn't even know where he was. We, we didn't even realize we didn't even realize he was gone for like two days his wife was calling us or his oh this the guy like, was I, supposed to get married yeah 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 he <laughs> so he 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 we got there we were he was hammered when we got there man just absolutely uh -huh. hammered when we got there and um and we went out to nightclubs at night and i guess he passed out in a garage and got parking garage and got robbed they took everything from him they took his shoes oh, they took no. his wallet they took his phone everything sure. and he ended up in the hospital uh because he was so drunk 
he had, I, I don't know, I guess they detoxed him or whatever, but he couldn't uh-huh. remember what hotel we were in and he didn't have his phone with him because we basically started partying right off the plane. And, and we didn't even when, notice. When, in the 2000s when nobody had uh, like, like, like internet on their phones and yeah, like 2003, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> See, something like that. We were so limited by technology. Uh, right? Yeah. We, and we, you know, we were so busy partying and doing our thing. We didn't even notice that he was gone for like 36 hours. We, we we get a knock on on our door. There he is in hospital scrubs and in no shoes. Like you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like one hell of a night though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys left me here. Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy trip. And then I, uh, me and, me and <laughs> it, it got it, there. There was another crazy moment. Me, me and a bunch of my buddies, we just got absolutely ripped, and we were on ecstasy, and we were party and we decided to go see it ah, the truth comes out okay so you used to dabble <laughs> also okay i want to hear I mean, this is this is what you do when you're in las vegas so we went to a dmx yeah. concert um we were like we were like the only white people there and we were just like right up front. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were, we were we were right up front dancing and like when this thing was over the security yeah. guard comes down and grabs us and he's like hey you know, after he was done playing, I guess somebody else came up and plays like somebody wants mm-hmm. to see it. And he takes us up to this booth, this like VIP booth. And there was DMX with a couple NBA players. And he's like, he was like, any white guys that are crazy enough to be out here are hanging out with me all night. So I got oh, to hang out party. <laughs> I got to hang out party. With oh, that's <laughs> fucking cool, dude. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that was that was a nutty. That was a nutty, nutty, nutty story. That's fucking yep. awesome, dude. You know that he passed away, right? Not, not too yeah, long yeah. Ago I knew, I knew he passed away. Yeah. yeah. yeah shame. Yeah, so, 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 you were partying on ecstasy in the front row, with you know everybody being well, you know, uh, sober or, or smoking weed. Oh yeah, I was completely ripped, man. That that whole t- and, and that trip, <laughs> that trip got even better, man. We um, we were at a nightclub. Mm-hmm. This, this, this Sapphire. Is it's not a nightclub. Yeah, Sapphire yeah, Strip Club. <laughs> no, no, no. We were we were at this uh, place. I think it's. God damn it! I think it's in the Bellagio. It's called the Rum Jungle. Um, mm. And me and a bunch of my buddies, we we got a VIP section, uh, and we were hanging out in the VIP section. We paid it for bottle service and all that stuff, like you do right. when you're mm-hmm. in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And we get towards the end of the night. Uh, well, so the the bouncer comes up and he's like, "Hey, these girls want to hang out with you guys." I'm like, "Yeah, this is cool." So these all these hot Russian girls came up and ha- hung out with uh-huh. us. Cool. And as the uh, night progressed, I we we get they kind of faded and disappeared into the into the ether. Mm-hmm. And my the the waitress brings the the check over. It's like, here, you know, you guys need to pay. And I go reach for my wallet. My wallet's gone. I'm like, I'm like, oh no. I must have dropped my wallet, and then like I asked my my friend, I'm like, "Hey man, do you have? Can, can you get this? I must have left my wallet in the room or something." His wallet was gone, and then we realized that they picked all of us. They got all of us. <laughs> yeah, every single one yeah, of that, us. That happens here in Thailand also. Yeah, you get bottle yeah. service, you get a couple of nice girls. They come to the VIP. It's nice and quiet. You know, you're super hammered, and yep. then uh, yeah, they'll, they'll just uh, empty you out. Yeah, yeah, they cleaned all of us. So yeah, yeah that they'll, was, they'll that finish was, your bottles and your wallet, so you can't even pay for it. That was my <laughs> epic weekend in Vegas. My my other times out there weren't weren't so epic, but that was right. that was. 
I'm like, this is literally the real life embodiment. When I saw the hangover for the first time, I was like, holy crap, this, this happened to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the only (laughs) one that this happened to. I didn't wake up with a tiger in my room, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or a lady boy. (laughs) Yeah. But this, this this is the same stuff that happens here. You know, whether you're in Patty or Bangkok or Phuket, you know, if you have a wild night, you have a good story afterwards. Yeah. You might lose more than your wallet. Um, you know, I remember I was, which, which club was this? It was a Flex Lewis after party at the, uh, Mr. Olympia. And I was invited through a mutual friend, um, who lived here in Thailand for many years. So I was invited there and then I hang out, I, you know, got a little bit drunk. And then on my way out, I, I walked through this nightclub or through the hotel, right? The casino hotel and people were like laying on the floor, just fucking plastered to shit. And I asked the security guy, I'm usually pretty okay, even if I drink a lot, I can still walk straight and, and act sober. So I asked the security guard, is this, this is a crazy night or is this normal? So it was just pretty, pretty timid for, for a Saturday. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like the zombie apocalypse, you know? People were just waiting for the grabs and laying on the floor. People were puking in the, what is it called? The, you know, the flower pot. <laughs> and then security guards, you can't puke there. You got to puke in this... <laughs> I'm like, shit, this is, everybody goes crazy here in Vegas. It's hilarious. Yeah, I, used to to go out and, I used to go out and see fights. That's what I would go out for. And that's, that's oh, a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. I remember yeah, there's a lot of Oscar De La Hoya, one of his big fights I went out for, and it was just wild mm-hmm. seeing all the celebrities hanging out. Like I remember seeing Michael Jordan and Morgan Freeman sitting at a blackjack table playing blackjack. And it was just, right. it was just weird. Like, you don't, it, it's. You don't very often go places and see celebrities just mingling in a crowd. And it, you can see mm-hmm. that in Vegas, especially when there's a big what? fight. Yeah, there's security everywhere. I, th- I see that Milos Archev and Flex Lewis are going to most of the events nowadays, the MMA events. And they're probably going every, every couple of weeks, <laughs> it seems. Yeah. They're meeting all these, I, all these fighters and all these celebrities and they're having a good time. It's good to see, you know? Yeah, I, I've been to many UFC fights. They're, they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. Did you ever go to like one outside, like Macau, Hong Kong? Because I know they have fights in this part of the world as well. No, no, no. No, yeah. I remember, um, God, I remember, damn it, what was his name? I went up to Atlantic City for one one time, and it was, uh, this was a long time ago when uh, Sakurabo, I don't know if you know who he was. He was an old UFC fighter. He was still fighting. And I remember he just absolutely got mangled. His face just looked like hamburger. And we were out at the club later on, and there he was, like the whole side of his head was just completely mashed up with, with just girls hanging off of him, just partying, hanging out. Like, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems like a wild place. I would, I, I, I think I could live there, uh, but I'd really have to, you know, keep tabs on myself because it seems like every night is a party night. But then again, in Thailand, it's also a party night. So if you want to party every except, night, you can. Except Vegas will drain your wallet. It's a lot more expensive. Yeah, I spent so much money in the U.S. I spent over $1,000 a day when I was there, including the flights and the insurance. So I spent oh, yeah, like 16, do. Yeah, 16K when I was in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. To, I mean, food's expensive. Everything's expensive. Yeah. And the portions are huge, so you can't even finish it. And they ask you, do you want to bring the fries? I'm like, no, ma'am. I, I don't want to do all this extra cardio for the fries. It was an eye-opener coming to the U.S. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, so I know we fun. talked about the cheesecake factory before, but yeah, <laughs> I'm going first thing when I arrive, man. First thing when I arrive. Yeah, you uh, crack oh. you cracked me up with the cheesecake factory thing because I've got one <laughs> a few miles from my house and I never go there except after after contest prep. 
But it's the same. Like, let's say you would come to Thailand, you would want to try some Thai food, right? You yeah, would want to yeah, have absolutely. some, 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 you know, a Thai food that's specially designed for foreigners. You know, like Kai Pak Mamong Himapan and and Kau uh, Kai and and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, but we eat completely different after you've been here for like fifteen years. You eat something completely different than what most of the tourists eat. So yeah, people were people were blasting me. So why are you going to cheesecake factories? Where should I go then? Darby's, <laughs> Denny's, IHOP. That's the brand. Those are the brands I know. Yeah, I mean, Cheesecake Factory is about as American as it gets. Yeah, I met Derek there also because I don't have Cheesecake Factory in Canada. So when we met in LA, uh, Derek more pledged more dates. He said, I was asking him, so where do you want to go? So Cheesecake Factory, of course. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least we have the same taste. You know, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, so it's it's a shame that you're not coming to the uh, uh, you know to uh, to Mr. Olympia, man, because I, I think it's going to be a blast this year. So many people are coming that I know. Um, yeah, and it looks like yeah, a competitive you... Olympia too. There's mm -hmm. some impressive young guys, man. I saw Samson Dada at the New York Pro. Holy crap, that yeah. dude is the biggest human being I've ever seen. Milo Milos is doing a great job with him and uh, you know uh, Regan Grimes. I mean, both of these guys are huge. Both of them are aesthetic. They get in good shape. You know, Regan is in phenomenal shape right now. And I think Samson is really going to turn some heads this year. Might might knock off a couple of guys from the top three. Insulin and carbs. And a lot of, yeah. of set. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <the> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he can still pull a vacuum. So that's that's good to see. Yeah, Samson is just... I, I met Rami in person. Although Rami, when I met him, said he hadn't been training for a couple months. I think he takes a couple mm. months off uh, every year. Yeah. Um, but I was surprised how short he was. Like it, I didn't realize how short he was. Yeah, he's a little bit um, taller than I am. Like maybe maybe two inches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, but Samson's tall. I mean, he was like not not far mm. off from me, and he's a big dude. Holy crap, he's yeah. big. And imagine how big he is now, because he seems like he gained thirty pounds the last couple of months. Yeah, and another guy that impressed me when I was at the New York Pro was Sean Clarita. Holy crap, yeah. <laughs> dude! That dude looked That's like a muscle. cartoon character. I know, I know. He looks like a mountain of muscle, but he's like, I don't know it's yeah, he's it's very, he's like, like five feet tall. Mm. Mm. I, I couldn't believe how much muscle he had on his frame, though. Like it just like I dude, he couldn't possibly fit another pound of muscle on that frame. And weirdly, he he still improves like a couple pounds every year, and he looks fuller and yeah. harder and denser, and his waist still looks good. You know, he just keeps improving, and I think you know he's he's far from the weight cap in two twelve, so he could just keep dominating as long as he shows up in shape. Because Kamala Gardney is is you know not really putting it together anymore simply because of his age, and Derek Lunsford moved to open, which I thought he yeah. he was going to win last year. I mean, it was in the audience screaming that he should have won. But I don't have a problem with uh, Hari Chupan winning because he looked so dense. But Hari Chupan doesn't really have anywhere to go. Um, seems that he's kind of, you know, towards the end of his career also. So Yeah, and he's getting older. I mean, he's got to be in his 40s, right? I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah, know he's what he's just Yeah. No, and, he's a little bit older than I am. He's, uh, he's got like two or three kids. You know, he's got a gym back home and the visa issues always. But he's been, he's been on the competitive circuit for over de two decades. You know, doing multiple shows per year. I saw him at the World Championships a couple of times when he was still doing six, 70 kilo weight class. But it's 100, 160 pounds, 165 pound weight class. When they're in re reality, they're like 175 pounds, but they, they'll force him into the shoulder weight. 
smaller weight classes because politics. Um, that's how the world championships work. Yeah, these guys that compete a lot, I you know, this is something I've come full circle on. I used to be a perma balker when when I was younger, but it seems like these uh, guys that compete a lot, that that's that state of getting yourself depleted and then rebounding seems mm-hmm. to be the most productive way to stay lean and put size on. Yeah. yeah the insulin sensitivity like, post context is just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean that's when I've always had my best gains, and that's when I see when mm-hmm. my clients have their best gains. It's the guys yeah. that just keep pushing and pushing. Like I noticed on my off season this year because I had a longer one than I had before. But you know, after after about six months or so, it's just like it just things just don't work anymore. You just don't. Yeah, have I the think. Same. I, but you did some mini diets and cleaning out phases and deloads and 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 that kind of stuff, or you kept pushing. Yeah, no, I I, I took about a four month cruise in there when I hurt my shoulder and pulled back and mm. pulled my food back and. Got a little bit of a rebound, but nothing like nothing like you do post show. But it seems like these people that it seems like you've got that six to eight week window after a show where you can really pack on some size, and then you can do a proper mm. off season after that. But then after about six months or so, it it seems to be unproductive. I I, I feel kind like of, that you need yeah. one good hard cut per year to sort of reset things. Yeah, and then a clean out after let's say in the middle of the off season, so you do yep. like a good hard cut. You know, like a, a mass phase, the clean out, then you do a, like a maintenance slash mass phase leading into yep. your cut. And then uh, and then the whole cycle starts over again. Yeah. Honestly, I feel more productive during cutting as well. I'm more driven, more focused. I don't have to eat yeah, so much too. food, so I don't feel so so horribly bloated. You know, so I, I, I think I can't remember the last time I did a bulk, maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah, probably a couple of years ago when I was like five 500 test insulin GH. You know, and then I bought all the carbs and I was like 260 pounds. Um, yeah, my productivity definitely goes up during contest prep. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I like I'm, way, I'm way more productive. It's probably the stimulants and just less food and not being tired from, from all the carbs mm. and insulin yeah. and stuff. And, you know, it's just all, all, all of the above. I, I get tired of eating. I really do not like eating. I fucking hate <laughs> eating. Yeah, especially the bodybuilder food, right? I mean... 200 grams of carbs in the form of rice, for example, 150 carbs in the form of rice. It's three cups. It's it's like a fucking bowl. And then the end of the day, your stomach is here. And even if you do everything right to improve your um, intestinal motility and your uh, gut uh, health and and make sure you don't eat anything that causes gas or irritation, even then you're just full to the max. You're just I kept my waist a lot tighter this off season, but I I just Mm -hmm. eat man see if i just eat nothing but low fodmap foods anymore i just mm-hmm. I, it's just super simple foods that i eat yeah i i, I just can't afford like I, people make fun of me when my cheat meals like i'll just i'll have a plain steak and a potato or something same, like, same I, here I dude same i just can't here. do it it's just not worth it no i have some sushi maybe some yogurt with some fruit yeah. and 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 yeah if i want to go crazy i'll add like a little bit of rice because again i i you know i do ketogenic diet so Instead of having just an omelet, I'll have like two extra whole eggs and, and two cups of rice, one black, one uh, white. And that's my meal, you know, slather, uh, uh, drizzle it with ketchup, the one that's still healthy, you know, the, the puree almost, like the ones you would use yeah. for tomato paste and, um, you know, for bolognese uh, spaghetti. And then, and then you make a meal and it sits quite nice. But of course, if you have 10 egg whites and four or five whole eggs and then two cups of rice, I mean, it's, it's literally like, it's huge. But I, I can't eat like that if it if it doesn't digest easy. 
because otherwise you just mess up your gut. You know, that's the problem with getting older. I could use, I used to eat anything. Yeah, I same thing with me. Like bowls of oatmeal with whey protein, you know? <laughs> and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't make a dent. And if I have a bowl of oatmeal now, I'll, I'll fall asleep and then I'll wake up, you know, uh, farting the whole rest of the day. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, I'm gassy and I'm farting and bloated. And I'm like, I'm yeah. like, if you're gassy, farting and bloated, there's something you're eating that's that's wrong. Something's yeah. not uh -huh. right, man. Like, yeah. why are you hammering protein powder all day long if you're rolling around like a, you know, <laughs> like, like a hippo farting all day long? I mean, it's why? Yeah. Yeah, but it's convenient. You know, most people don't want to cook rice and then keep it hot and then cook all the fish or the, or the beef or the, you know, the chicken and the eggs. I mean, it takes a lot of extra time. And it I, I get it. Yeah. But even if, I mean, if you have a rice cooker, you know, with the, with the steamer tray, you can make, man, food so easy to prepare. You know, you prepare rice and then in the steamer tray, you put all your meats and just prepare it all at the same time. You know? I've never thought about putting my, um, my meats in the rice. Thing. i've never yeah. thought about that well i saw i saw stan efforting do that for the vertical diet when i was still promoting it heavily you know you do the meatballs and then i figured wait a minute i got a steamer tray where i normally put my vegetables so you steam the vegetables in the the steam that is coming from the rice and i would just put chunks of chicken in there and chunks of beef huh. and ch and chunks of salmon and then of course all the juice that is coming from there is is leaking into the uh, rice so it kind of flavors it like you're using chicken stock or beef stock and if, again, huh. if you eat salmon, beef, and chicken at the same time, you just dice it up, and so you have three protein sources per meal. And then you know your your rice tastes ten times better, and it just steams it because it, all you need is like forty five minutes to an hour if you have like half a kilo or a pound of rice over the day, or if you have two pounds, then it then it takes you a little bit longer, and you just keep it in there hot, and you portion it out, and you eat it as you go. So that's why it doesn't have to be complicated. You can put everything in the same machine, turn it on. And you can even turn it on overnight. And then it's ready when you wake up. You know, you wake up from that smells like freshly cooked rice. It almost smells like <laughs> popcorn, you know? <laughs> and then all you have to do is make a couple of eggs and then you're ready to go. Well, my head just went, I didn't even think about oh, really? that. <laughs> <laughs> I put this in like all my diet, my clients diet. So you, but like uh, rice, maybe quinoa, you know, for a little bit of fiber and some, some micronutrients. And then, of course, the quinoa ratio to rice would be less in the off-season compared to prep because it kind of slows gastric emptying. Uh, and then you put all your meats at the top. And then all you have to make is eggs in the morning if you, if you like eggs for breakfast. And otherwise, you scoop out your... Uh, you get one of these like four-liter rice cookers that are gigantic. I did it like yeah. this every day. Yeah, I have the big... Zo Jirushi one. I, lo I love that. They, they make the best yeah. rice cookers. The Japanese right. one. Right. And then what I learned from Stan Efferding is using the chicken stock, right? The low yeah. fat map uh, chicken do do stock. That. You just cook it in there. But of course, if you put all the meat in the steamer tray, well, just whatever is in there leaks down. And if you have a little bit of salmon, of course, the fat leaks down. And then you mix that in. And then you got uh. like garlic fried rice. But it's all healthy. So. That's a great, that's a great strategy. Here I am just baking stuff in my oven, baking my oh, meat in the oven. And then it's mad dry, right? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I have my, Man. I have my ugly baked chicken. I make, I'll, I'll get like eight pounds of chicken and I just bake it all in the, in the oven. And then and a por that's, portion it out. Yeah. Portion it out, <laughs> weigh it out as I eat it. It's I like, it's like an assembly line. 
Yeah, exactly. I remember when in Holland, when I was you know still living on a budget, and I would buy like twenty kilos of chicken uh, on a discount. So it would be like from from eight dollars to like four dollars, close to the expiration date. So it's already a little bit smelly, right? And then you have to process that, take out all the little fatty bits and the and the tendons and that kind of stuff. And I would just put it all in the oven. I would have this brick of twenty kilos <laughs> of chicken, and it would all be like mashed together, you know, with the protein that's kind of you know sticking it together, and it would just separated on like you know the kitchen countertop over a couple of baking plates to kind of let it dry and then put it out on uh you have like six pounds or six six ounces left of every eight and nine ounce serving because you lose so much water right and you portion that out and they put it in the fridge uh, in the freezer and you have like meat for a month good times yeah that's that's what i do i i, I cook a bunch of uh bunch of top round chicken and then cod that's that's pretty much what i live off of Oh, you can eat cod? Yeah, I eat cod. It's oh. awful, but I don't know. My flavorless diet. I get this, uh, there's a big warehouse store here that has uh, cod that's uh, glazed in miso, and it's pretty good. Oh, right, okay. That's, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. You get everything wholesale also? Like, you, you sign up as a business, and you just buy, like, yeah. a couple hundred dollars worth of food to have it delivered. I think yeah, that's, that's the best way do. to do it, man. Yeah, I have a chest freezer, and I just deliver all my salmon, all my fish. And my beef, and then uh, the eggs I get delivered also, and then uh, well, a, I don't have to buy rice. Luckily, there was uh, another video I made that got people all upset: is how to eat for cheap, how to eat a bodybuilding uh, diet. And I get so many people so mad. I'm like, I don't why? know what to tell you, man, because they were saying that you can't buy food that cheap, and I'm like, yeah, you can. You can. Yeah, you can. You, you just, just have to. They have to source wholesale. You know, you don't buy you retail buy at the grocery ball. store. Yeah, by bulk and 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 just buy enough for them to deliver it to your house because every of all these companies they they sell to restaurants, they sell to small, medium uh, grocery stores like family owned, and and as long as you can get your way in, and you meet the minimum order and you have a chest freezer, I do it every month, dude. I I spend like seven hundred to a thousand dollars on food and then it just gets delivered. You know, then you just have to dive in head first on what you want to, because sometimes you order like seven different things and it all falls apart in the chest freezer. So you can't find it. <laughs> or you find yeah, it at the end, like, oh, yeah, I didn't realize I still had tuna steak. <laughs> Babe, tonight is tuna day. <laughs> I was showing guys how they can make bodybuilding meals for less than $2 a meal. And uh -huh. people, people were freaking out. I'm like, you oh, can. Man. Yeah, you can. I mean, you just have to buy a lot. You know, you I don't mean, always have to, you know. I mean, I buy my rice in 50-pound bags. Like, you'll get these yeah. idiots over here that'll go to the store and buy single packets of rice that are like 4 or $5 a packet, and I get a 50-pound bag of rice yeah. for like $20. And yeah. it's so cheap, it's essentially free. Exactly, yeah. So it's a free carbs. You put it, you know, in, in the storage cabinet, right? You just keep it open, and you just scoop out what you need for the day, and, and, and you wash it, and you're good to go. Yeah, I never understood why people make such a fuss about meal. You can get it all delivered in most countries that you, I mean, I've yep. coached people from all over the world, and I tell the same thing to everybody, sign up as a company and meet them in an order and have it delivered so you don't have to waste your time because you eat so much during your off-season. You're eating kilos of food every day, you know? Get it all delivered. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing, like for me, like seven ounces of meat at six times a day, I mean, that's, you know, you're you're doing four pounds of, three, four pounds of food. Of me today. Uh -oh. well, I got to wrap up soon that. anyway. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, are you um, doing satellite internet or? No, I got, so I got two internet lines parallel to each other. 
And uh, but if it starts raining, this is still a third world country. If it starts raining or thunder, or uh, I don't know, it's like Sunday evening, then the internet just goes out. It's yeah, yeah. it's um, not as bad as Justin Harris's internet though. I mean, he's on satellite. My God, God I try to do a podcast with him, and I'm like, I can't, I couldn't even see him. <laughs> it's just <Yes>. faded. <laughs> I have a uh, one gig of. One gigabit dedicated fiber connection. I'm like right where the, <laughs> that's the nice thing about being here in DC. We have yeah, all the infrastructure for the government. Right, of course. Yeah, I, I have two fiber connections, but it's still out, out of Thailand. It's, it's horrible. Like whatever's on the data centers here, it works for social media, but then something like StreamYard or, or YouTube streaming. I don't know. It's, it, it doesn't always work. Today's been stable though, uh, but I've had calls with people where it, it just fails. Sucks. Yeah, the the area I live, um, this, this there's more data centers here than probably anywhere else in the world. Mm. The, the region I live in, so it's like all the core infrastructure for the internet. And I'm getting my IT hat on, but it's all right here. Yeah. So I'm you as, still got your you still got your own business going, right? On the side, I when are you I, look I, go? I I um I work for the company. I'm a sh yeah. I uh, I'm I'm a, run the company for for some guys mm. that own it. So, but yeah, I don't uh, know. I'm still doing it. I'm still doing both. That's funny. No, Noel Diesel. Do you know who that is? The the bodybuilder with the huge following. Huh. No. Okay. So he's a you know kind of like an Instagram famous bodybuilder. I did, did some competitions. It's, you know, four million followers or something from South Africa. And he's also an IT. He's got a pretty big business back home in uh, South Africa, and he also can't let it go because everybody's relying on him. So I told I told him said I mean, so much extra work. I'm so happy I stopped that previous work with IT and, and, and business consulting such a long time ago. I wouldn't be I able to juggle it. both. And I've been with the company for 16, 17 years, mm -hmm. something like that. And I'm the CEO. So, but yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of people depend on me. So it's hard to work away right. from. Right. But you're still able to juggle both with all the coaching and the, and the YouTube channel and being a CEO? I'm working 12 hours a day, seven days a week, Steve. Yeah, 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 same here, man. Same here. Yeah, well, I take I'm, a break. You gonna... I take a break to go to the gym, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's it. Right? Yeah, I know. This is the life of uh, being on YouTube. It's it's overwhelming the amount of work that you get from it. People think it's easy, but no, it takes uh, takes all your time. Like I get all the time. People ask me about watching. You know, have you seen this show? Have you seen that show? And I'm like, when? When do I watch that? When I do cardio, maybe, but yeah, that's the only time I have time to watch. Or ha have you seen this channel or this thing, this video? And I'm right. like, I don't watch anybody else's stuff. I just don't have time. No, and you have kids also, right? So I yeah. think all your free yeah, time you kids. spend with your kids, you yeah. know? So but you're taking your daughter to all these metal shows. I think that's freaking awesome. <laughs> I think it's it. so awesome. Yeah, it's so cool, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll join that party at one point. But I'll keep you posted. A lot of good, a lot of good concerts here. So that's another good thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least in America, you have uh, a lot of entertainment when it comes to music here. You don't really, you know, people barely swing by. So yeah, I'll I mean, see you at the Swiss Symposium. Uh, so I'll see you at the Swiss Symposium. And thanks for coming yep, back to the podcast. And uh, where can people find thanks you for me if, if people are unfamiliar with uh, the Paul Burnett? They know where I'm at. No, it's uh, anabolic it bodybuilding. <laughs> on, anabolic bodybuilding on YouTube and Paul K Barnett on Instagram. Awesome. And you can come awesome. tell me how how much my stuff sucks, like everybody else does. 
<laughs> yeah, right, me right. In the comments, yeah, and just, just block them. Just <laughs> move on to the next channel. Maybe, maybe this miss this YouTube channel is better for you. You know, Disney YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. I'll see you soon. We'll do some in in person collaborations. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. To see you and the. Uh, Chase and Scott McNally and, and Justin Harris all at the same spot because uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Scott Stevenson is apparently also coming. Um, so it's uh, there's going to be a lot of meatheads at that show, and uh, I'll probably be the smallest one, but I, I still want to participate. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> I'll be at the end of my prep, so I might be pretty small then. Yeah, but you'll be shredded. Yeah, not, <laughs> not skinny, not skinny fat like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you soon, man. It was good to catch up. All Take right, care, man. buddy. Take care.